Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Horse Talk Horror. This is the uh, second time we're recording since we've been quarantined. I'm Sharon. And I'm quarantined Melinda. And literally five minutes ago, it was snowing like crazy outside and now it stopped and the sun is out. That's Chicago weather, folks. Actually, my living room window faced... Faced, Jesus, I can't even talk. Words are hard. My living room window is a uh, west facing, facing. You know what I'm trying <laughs> to say. I can't talk. And uh, my kitchen window is east, faces the east. And I swear to God, it was like a blizzard out my living room window, and then out my kitchen window, nothing. And then now the sun is shining right in my face like a big jerk. What? <laughs> what is the deal? The sun's a jerk. Never did anything for anybody. I say that all the time. <laughs> it was dark. It looked like it was going to get spooky out. And now I'm like, ah, I can't see. I know. I thought we were going to have more uh, thunderstorms again. And then all of a sudden it started snowing. And I mean, it could possibly thunderstorm later because that's just how Chicago rolls. But we did get hail a couple of days ago. We did. You guys did. I it like barely. I mean, it rained really hard for like five seconds. And there was some cool lightning. And then like when you guys texted me the picture of the hail of the hail balls <laughs> i looked out my window and it looked like nothing ever happened outside it was so bizarre That's crazy because we yeah. only live like 20 minutes north of you and it rained for so long and so hard and there was tons of crazy lightning and thunder and then all of a sudden the hail started it, it sounded like like just someone was like pelting the roof of our building with rocks it was insane my friend Noelle, who you've who met, who also lives in the town where you guys do, she too posted on Facebook pictures of hail, and I'm like, what the? F-? And they were this. I mean, they were like, knock you Golf on the ball. head and yeah, like knock you out sized hail too. It was insane. It was. I have dents on my car. <laughs> oh my god! Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, we know at least a couple people whose windshields broke. <gasps> yeah. Wow. It was bad. But as soon as it ended, I was like, let's go outside and play with the hail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, no, it looked like it barely even rained by the time it was done. I was like, that was the most disappointing storm ever. And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was funny. All right. All right. So, so Mindy, we are going to start this episode with a listener email. We have not read any listener emails in a while. And I got this one the other day and I totally fucking hit it from you because I did not want you to see this because I want your reaction caught on I was gonna say film that's not right (laughs) not even film not even camera electronic recording from the internet yes so this story comes from James from Tacoma hi James hi James thanks for thanks for writing us and here we go by the way I've already had like two glasses of wine because we had uh we celebrated Passover mm-hmm. over Zoom today with Spencer's family. A half hour ago. <laughs> half hour ago. Nice. So I apologize if I fuck this up. But here we go. You better not. You built this up. <laughs> I am expecting like Hitchcock level terrifying. I know, right? <laughs> All right. I shall tell you about young teenage love. It's April now and spring is in the air. It just feels right. When my mother Janice was a teenager, she was a shy girl, very lovely, tall for a girl, but did not know how to talk to boys. Her younger sister, my Aunt Jeannie, was more comfortable around guys. 
My aunt once said she traded boyfriends with her friends the way boys trade baseball cards, and my aunt always teased my mother about her shyness. My mom did, however, have a good male friend, Teddy. Teddy was funny and nice and good-looking. They'd walk the halls of Wilson High School from class to class. He'd often carry my mom's books for her. They'd have lunch together in the cafeteria. She did count him as one of her best friends. As the years went on in high school, coming to an end, during their senior year, she secretly hoped Teddy would ask her to prom. One day she told him how she felt, and Teddy kindly said, Janice, I'm sorry. I just don't think of you that way. She was heartbroken, but not hurt. Mom did get a date to prom. Everyone graduated, and life moved on. My mother decided she wanted to be a nurse and attended Tacoma Community College. At the time, TCC had the best nursing course in the country. Everyone who wanted to be the best possible nurse came to TCC. TCC. The school kept that prestige until the 90s when they were upped by UW. Mom met my father, fell in love, got married, had my sister, and then on the 4th of July, 1974, had me. She never did see Teddy again, but she had never forgotten him either. It was now the early 80s. One weird night, my mom was on the phone with her sister, Jeannie, and suddenly said, we'll be right over. Dad was working swing shift and wasn't home. Mom told my sister and I to get our shoes on, grab a coat, and get in the car. Why were we going to my aunt's at 8 o'clock at night? She said nothing was wrong when we asked, but she needed to go over there. In 10 minutes, we were at my Aunt Jeannie's house, and the two of them were looking at the evening edition of the Tacoma News Tribune, totally freaking out over the front page story. My sister and I asked our cousins, what's going on? Someone our moms went to school with was arrested for murder, and that's when I first heard of and saw mom's good friend Teddy, or as you know him, Ted Bundy. Yes, that's right. My mother was in love with Ted Bundy back in the day. I'll tell you this. Once you find out your mother had a crush on a serial killer, it really makes you look sideways at her choice of babysitters. (laughs) Once my aunt started teasing my mom about hoping Ted would ask her to prom, my sister and I started chanting, Mom's in love with a killer. Mom's in love with a killer. Such little angels my sister and I were. It does make me wonder, though. My mom is completely Ted Bundy's type. Brunette, tall, slender. I mean, she's his type, not only in the woman he's known to have dated, but also his type of victim. What did he really think about my mother? Yeah, I'd do her. But that's it. (laughs) (laughs) P.S. This story is my favorite family fun fact to tell people. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I would tell like everybody I know that story. (laughs) I wrote back and I was like, um, is it weird that I'm kind of jealous of your mom? And he was like, yeah, that's really weird. I had it in my head that it was a ghost story. Did you say it was a ghost story? Nope. I did not say it was a ghost story. Okay. Well, for some reason, as you were talking, I didn't want to interrupt you. So I was listening and I literally wrote down when you were talking about the high school portion, I was like, Teddy's not real. He's a ghost. Like it was a sixth sense. (laughs) So I legit did not, even at the end when like they, he was talking about like the mom panicking and going over to the aunt's house and looking at the news. It still didn't cross my mind. For some reason I was dead set on like he was, he's been dead the whole time. No, it's just Ted Bundy. Ah, so you didn't know you didn't know at all? I really didn't see it coming. I thought I don't know why. I just thought 
Yeah. I thought it was a ghost story, which actually helped because I figured you would have called this. Oh, yeah. As soon as I started talking about like Tacoma and mentioned the name of the high school, I was like, Mindy's going to figure this out. But you didn't. I just wrote down, what the fuck is wrong with the Pacific Northwest? (laughs) (laughs) I I I Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) No, I was just going to say, like, I wonder, like, if, like, this woman, like, like the mom in question, um, if she's, like, did he, I I don't remember if it said if she was, like, freaked out, but, like, I mean, that could have easily, I mean, that was right before he started to really act up as far as everyone who's listening rewind about 30 seconds and take a drink every time mindy says like (laughs) i'm gonna just go back to last episode and then maybe you'll catch up with my two passover glasses of wine (laughs) oh shut up i'm tired i've had a long day and yes i'm working on it i I think this is a good game to play going forward we both we both worked today so yeah we usually record on the weekends but we're recording during the week this time because I I had to tell Mindy this story. I couldn't keep it a secret anymore. That was awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you, James, for sending us. This story is so awesome. When I received the email and I started reading it, I honestly had no idea until I got to the point where he wrote, it was now in the early eighties and she started, you know, like, okay, like we got to go over to your aunt's house. I was like, dude, don't even tell me that she just found out that Teddy is Ted fucking Bundy. Wow. And then when I finished the story, I was like, oh my God. So when I wrote back, <laughs> yeah, I actually said, would your mom be willing to maybe come on our show and be interviewed <laughs> about oh my- her, her friendship with Ted Bundy? To which he replied, my mom would not want to do an interview. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. But, but thank you for asking. Hey, I tried, you know, it's not you know? every day that you are like two degrees away from someone who was like BFFs with Ted Bundy in high school. So, yeah. And I'm still, I mean, whatever, dude, we're going to get Ann Rule on this show and have her talk all about it. <laughs> I just decided that right now. So, but I can understand too how she would not want to uh, discuss. <laughs> yeah. But wow. I was just kind of curious about, you know, how his mom feels now because yeah. obviously, you know, Bundy's becoming popular again with the Zac Efron movie and all the new documentaries and everything coming out. So he did say that his mom has not seen the Zac Efron movie, but him and his wife saw it and they loved it. He did say though that his mom watched A Deliberate Stranger. Oh. Where uh, Mark Harmon plays yes. Bundy. My mother talks about that movie all the goddamn time, actually. I haven't seen it. Have you seen that one? Uh, I have not seen, or I might have seen it when I was little and she like had it on in the back because it was like a made for TV movie. But as she will tell you, probably five more times, um, apparently Mark Harmon was so in character that when he would go home after shooting every night, his dog wouldn't go near him. (laughs) All right. I need to put it on the list. Put Put it it on on the list. list. I'll see it. I'll ask my mom, but I'm pretty sure it was some sort of made-for-TV movie, which only means it'll be awesome. Super extra awesome. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'd be down. She's watched this movie many, many times, and um, I guess she pointed out that the scenes of his old girlfriend in Seattle had an actual photo of Ted Bundy, not a picture of Mark Harmon, who played Bundy in the movie. Uh So just, I guess, look out for that if we watch it. And then her personal feelings about Bundy are basically 
it's just she thinks it's really sad uh he said that she kind of looks at him the way that the judge in florida did the one that let uh bundy defend himself and said that he was always very charming and smart and how sad she felt for all the women that he killed and he also remembered that a friend of his might possibly know a, a victim of bundy's in oregon her death was unsolved, but local police police believe that it was Ted Bundy. And he said that his friend has never really liked talking about Bundy. It's a very sore subject to him. So understandably. Yeah, right. it's kind of crazy that he would I mean, he's from the Pacific Northwest, but so are millions of other people. But the fact that like his mom went to school with Bundy and then he might know someone who knew one of Bundy's victims. I mean, the odds of that are, I mean, what what are the odds of that? That's fucking rare. Well, he did sort of make a whole like Pacific Northwest tour, not to sound glib about it, but I mean. True, he, but millions of people live in the Pacific Northwest, like I said. So like with the odds of knowing, like having your own mother. Yeah. No, like being like good friends with Bundy in high school and then knowing someone else who might have known one of Bundy's victims like that's James watch out <laughs> right yeah you, just you careful. you run in a a, <laughs> a weird circle of acquaintances but then again we did meet be that careful. one well we went to festival of disruption the David Lynch fun fest uh weekend they we met that girl from North Bend that said that her was it her aunt was at the lake where Janice Ott and the other woman were both uh, abducted, like the day that they that happened. So theoretically, oh, I remember that. Oh yeah, because I was re- I was still reading. I think, or no, I had just finished maybe the stranger beside me. But I just <laughs> we were in the lobby, and she came over to talk with us, and uh, she was like, "Oh, do you guys like serial killers?" We were like, "Yes," and she was like, <laughs> "Well." My aunt was at Lake Sammamish and I was like, oh, my God, when Janice Ott was taken, because like I had just read that part. So like I knew like the name and stuff like right off the top of my head. And she was like, uh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> theoretically, though, like we the odds can't be that crazy. I don't know. But yeah, James, just be careful is our advice. It sounds like you might run with a wild crowd. <laughs> that story and james thank you for writing in thank you so much um that and please tell your mother thank you for uh letting us read that on a podcast called horse talk horror um but (laughs) i i that payoff was totally worth it and i'm i'm genuinely i don't want to say impressed but i'm kind of i'm impressed like i'm kind of blown away and it's gonna i'm gonna be thinking about it now for the rest of the night so that's cool and I also just want to say really quickly, I'm so glad she was not a victim. Right. Because, oh, my God, she fit the she it sounds like she fit the profile. Exactly. Like maybe he just had, um, you know, too much respect for her or love for her as a friend. And that's why he didn't decide to make her one of his victims. Who knows what was going through his head? But holy shit. I know. I know. I mean, talk about a close call. Jesus. I don't again yeah. again I don't mean to like sound glib about it but I mean that's literally you dodged a major bullet 
again. I feel like everything I'm saying is so inappropriate talking about. No. <laughs> but anyway, let's shift from this. But thank you, James, so much. And say and thank you to your mother for sharing that story because you kind of blew our week away. Or at least you blew my week away. So that was awesome. Both of us agreed. Um, so last time, when when we were with you last, um, we were kind of talking about, you know, everybody's on in shelter sheltering in place right now and so we were sort of talking about what we've been kind of watching and doing to keep ourselves busy so between the last time we talked and now Sharon have you seen anything or watched anything exciting or that you'd like to talk about or um the only thing I think I forgot to mention this the last time I did watch The Sinner season three and I liked it I think every season's really good but I like it in order, actually. The first season, the second season, and then the third season, I would say, is my least favorite. But it's still really good. And it has Matt Balmer in it, who my mom has a huge crush on. Uh, she loves him. Um, it was it was good. Uh, have you ever seen The Sinner? I haven't, but my mom liked it. She, I think she's only seen, like, one season, though. And who's it? I, wasn't Jessica Biel in that, or am I making that up? She's in the first season, but the center is kind of like, well, a little, it's a little bit like True Detective where every season oh. it's completely different. The only common thread is that Bill Pullman plays yes. the, like the main detective guy. So yeah, he's Harry, Detective Harry Ambrose, but he's basically the best part of it and just like super quick summary is basically he investigates a fatal car crash in upstate New York, but figures out that there is maybe a little more to this, uh, accidental car Mm. crash than what appears to be. Mm. Um, so he starts investigating Matt Bulmer's character, who's the survivor of the car crash. Um, and you know, starts getting into some pretty dark territory. That's all I'm going to say. I do like him, and now you've kind of sold me on wanting to watch The Sinner, especially if Lone Star is in it, using the Schwartz from Spaceballs. <laughs> you have to start with season one, though. Well, yeah. yeah. You have to get to know his character, because his character kind of, uh, uh, I don't really want to say, like, evolves, but he's got he's got a little bit of, like, he's got some backstory I and like stuff. It. I mean, you could honestly start with any of the seasons, and you'll no. be totally fine, but season one fucking blew me away I think I you know I usually go to bed by like eight thirty, nine o'clock at night I think I started watching it one night and didn't go to bed till like two or three in the morning <laughs> on a work night yeah I've been and, there because I I could not stop watching it it was so fucking good okay but yet Jessica Beale blew me away because I was never really like a super big fan of hers. And after watching that, I was like, okay, this woman can act like she's and she produces, uh, I think, seasons two and three. She's a producer on the show. So did you watch the Michelle Wolf Netflix special that I told you to watch like 50 times? You did. But I've been so busy that this week I've not. But I will because I actually do. Genuinely- but I told you like I told you like three weeks ago <laughs> Sharon, seriously so that is not a good excuse seriously Sharon 
I know. I'm sorry. I'll watch it. I promise. But Dude, if you've had a rough week, you need to go on Netflix and watch Joke Show and then go on HBO and watch Nice Lady because we watch both of those. And I, especially with Joke Show on Netflix, I have not laughed so hard in so I can't even I don't know if I've ever laughed so hard. I was literally on the floor with tears streaming down my face, literally laying on the floor rolling and laughing like I I couldn't even catch my breath I had to have Spencer pause the show so I could just like catch my breath because I was laughing so hard my fucking chest hurt and I had to go get Kleenex because I had tears streaming down my face when she was talking about men's skinny penises being like fucking Harry Potter wands oh my god Okay, yeah, sold. But really quick, I was just going to say, can you <laughs> specify, you said joke show and then something else. So what What are those oh, two? Oh, Nice things? Lady? Yeah. Nice Lady is her HBO special. Okay. So you can get that on demand or whatever you use to, if you have access to HBO. Oh, what's Joke Show? I'm sorry. Joke Show is her the name of her stand-up special. On, on, Netflix. on Netflix. Okay, thank you. I, I was, thank you. I like her and I do want to watch, but I was confused, so... I was trying to picture that. Spencer, man, where were you with your fucking iPhone for that one? You should have videoed that shit. That would have been awesome to see. Sharon on the floor laughing her ass off. That's only for me. <laughs> I Did you take photo or video? Usually when I'm like doing something super ridiculous and embarrassing, he like takes candid photos or videos no, of me. No, because then I would have no space left on my phone because <laughs> you constantly. Shut up. Dude, upload to the cloud. Uh- <laughs> Have you been watching Forensic Files too? You know what? I haven't because we had only... God damn. I know. You know what though? It's such a... Because on HLA... We have nothing to talk about. You know what? This is the end of the episode, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no. no. I, I, I just... I had heard from somebody that they had and it might have been i think it was my favorite murder i feel like but somebody said that they didn't like the new guy's voice but i like honestly it, it was probably me <laughs> i was gonna say or it was you because i think we briefly talked about it i don't it was over a text but you've seen it i'm assuming and i'll get to it for sure but what are your thoughts well, so the very first two episodes that we watched together, I think all, well, especially the first episode, I think I just bitched about Bill Camp's voice being very like stiff and robotic, which, you know, narrating is not easy. Nope. I know I sound like an idiot sometimes doing this podcast. It is not an easy job. And I was very, very harsh because... It just wasn't the same feeling for me mm-hmm. as watching the original Forensic Files. Right. But now I'm, I've watched like every episode so far and I don't even notice it anymore. And I think he's actually doing a really, really good job. So I, I judge Bill Cam very harshly. I apologize. Um, but I actually am really enjoying the new episodes. And it's so fucking cool now because the technology between the time the first Forensic Files ended between now has changed so drastically that now um like one of the last episodes i watched they were able to catch the killer using his dna and they used the dna to make a um a computer animated photograph of what they thought the killer would actually look like wow because this woman was brutally raped and murdered and they thought her killer was a Mexican male because she was last seen with a group of Mexican workers and they took DNA tests of all of them, but one of them went back to Mexico and they weren't able to catch him in time and, and take his DNA. And so for six years, this case was a cold case 
and they thought they were looking for this one person and then they decided to use this new technology to use the DNA to compile a, uh, a photograph of what they thought he would look like. And when they got the results back, he was a blonde haired, blue eye, white male. So they were like, shit, we just wasted six years of our time. Oh my God. And they ended up going in a new direction and they ended up catching the actual killer. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so much new technology out there. So I'm loving learning about all the, the new ways that they're, they're using to catch these, uh, killers. And it's, it's still as fascinating as the original, but obviously we're way more advanced since then. So it's it's very, very interesting. I seriously hadn't even thought about that point of it because I do still watch the old ones occasionally and there is a bit of like damn it it took them like 10 years to process that like whatever but you're right I hadn't even thought about the fact that like holy shit now is so different I'm totally gonna I'm sold you sold me is what I'm saying Woohoo! <laughs> um let's see what else what else have I been watching um oh I don't know why I started quarantine with the trials of Gabriel Fernandez what I mean is that a show it's a Netflix documentary about um you have you not heard of this the trials of Gabriel Fernandez it's in back yes. in 2013 the eight-year-old boy who died because his abusive mother and boyfriend basically like tortured him to death the last eight months of his life I was yes. like this is how I'm I'm just gonna start binging this you know this pandemic came out that won't be depressing this, that won't be depressing at all. Within five minutes, I was like bawling my eyes out. And it was like probably the most horrible documentary and most depressing thing I've ever watched. Um, I think everyone kind of needs to see it, though, mm. at some point, because it's a very important story to watch. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you you probably shouldn't watch it now. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, yeah, I have a hard time just watching like news conferences right now. Just I can't handle certain people in our leadership, yeah. I guess you'll say. And I just I yeah, life is terrifying right now. So I prefer my serial killers fictional for the moment. Uh, have you watched anything else since we've last talked? Um, nothing as good as The Sitter, probably quality-wise, but uh, I think I might have mentioned, I don't remember if I did last time, that I there's a new cable channel added uh, to my service, and it's literally crime and the plus sign and then investigation, and they have, it's, you know, true crime type stuff. Not as good as investigation discovery, but the other night I turned on the TV, and that channel just happened to be on, and there was this show called paranormal cops and i was like <laughs> and it's like oh, it looked yes. a little, it's a few old, like a few years older and i like just like the quality was just bad enough that i was like oh I, i'm in i'll watch you know and it's set in chicago and it was chicago cops that like would uh, when they were off duty would go hunt ghosts but they were like really serious about it and kind of not very good at it like they'd like make these huge leaps in logic of like well you heard this bang and like the emf went off so clearly you have a demon like you know like just those ridiculous <laughs> but like it was so bad it was awesome and i could not stop watching it so i actually bookmarked it so hopefully i'll i'll have more episodes to watch 
Uh, but that's like my shame watch for the week. But I just thought it was really funny because I was like, oh, my God, paranormal cops. I'm in. Wait, they're in Chicago. Oh, my God. And that just made it better. So wait, is this like a scripted TV show or is this like a reality TV show? Is this actual cops being filmed or is this a scripted show? No, it's a reality show, quote unquote. And it is. I looked it up. It's old. It's from like 2009 or 10, maybe even earlier. Um, And it shows like when you watch it, but like they're Chicago cops and they have the Chicago, like, you know, the typical like Chicago cop kind of accent and demeanor. They're all these like big dudes and they're really serious about ghosts, like really, really (laughs) serious about it. Like even like ghost hunters wouldn't make some of the leaps to judgment that these guys did, which I was like, is this my new favorite show? This might be my new favorite show. Like it was so bad it was good i can't i i would recommend give it a a watch if you can find it (laughs) i'm gonna have to ask my friend who's a chicago cop if he's ever heard of the show or seen it and if he knows any of the officers that are in it i'm gonna make him watch it yeah and i it's like i said i i looked it up and i think it it's well out of date now they're not making them anymore but he might have heard of it or somebody would have been like remember those jackasses that would like go hunt ghosts after work i don't know oh my god okay well i might have to put that one please, on the please list. uh please uh investigate on that for me though because if if you we do know somebody who knows about the show or at least has some sort of inside scoop you know i want to hear about it so wait where are you watching this it's on crime plus investigation that channel that weird new channel that I, just we, got added to my cable randomly it's also free on imd imdb tv hmm. and there's only six episodes oh it's got a 3.9 on imdb well that, that, <laughs> that's higher than i would have thought honestly oh okay <laughs> yeah there are there's just a few episodes but oh boy are they worth it also i don't think i could handle much more than just what they have because i think there's a reason there's only a few episodes just saying. Sounds like it. Yeah. All right. But Interesting. But it's a fun watch. So anyway. So no, no. Thank you. Um. Yeah. If I'm in the mood for a uh, ghost and comedy, <laughs> maybe I'll watch that one. I mean, you know how much I love my shitty ghost shows. Like really addicted. I know. And movies. I there's some stuff on Amazon that I've watched that I'm like, I don't know if I should ever admit this to people, but like. There's some really bad, scary movies on Amazon, and I've watched a lot of them. It's just fun. I don't know why. I just think it's funny. It is fun. I got to actually, speaking of bad movies, I since I'm paying for that uh, a couple bucks a month for that Lifetime channel, I need to start watching more Lifetime movies. Me too. Um, Me too. Yes. But I did watch the series finale of Schitt's Creek this week. We actually saved the very last two episodes to watch them back to back. It ended on the 7th of April and you can watch the final season. If you haven't been able to watch it, you can watch it on Netflix in October. Oh, We actually watched it on demand on Pop TV. Not sure 
if you have access to that, Mindy? Yeah, it was um, on like three different channels, but I saw parts of season one and then parts of the show throughout, and I just want to like reboot and start fresh from the beginning, which is what I'm going to do now that it's over, because then by the time I get to the final season, I can probably stream it or whatever. But how are you doing emotionally? I know you are a fan. <laughs> so, all right. So if you've never seen Shit's Creek... Um, there, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, especially not if, if you are a fan of Schitt's Creek, I'm not going to give any spoilers away about the uh, last season or the final episodes, but if you've not watched it, basically the premise of the show is it's about the Rose family who relocates to a town after losing a town called Schitt's Creek, uh, after losing, how, huh? how is it spelled? Cause I think that's part, that's funny. S C H I T T apostrophe S. Um, so they moved to this little rural town called Shifts Shits Creek after losing their extravagant fortune thanks to a fraudulent business manager. It stars Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, who are both hilarious and amazing, and you know, they're in Best in Show and oh Waiting for Guffman, and Dan Levy, who is Eugene Levy's son in real life, plays his son in the show as well. And then Annie Murphy, who is um, basically a newcomer, but now she's brilliant. Pre- yeah, pretty much like a, a household name after playing Alexis, uh. the the sister daughter in this show. Um, so yeah, they basically been forced to move into this small town that they actually bought as a joke at one point. And before they lost the money, before they lost the money, they decided to buy this town as a joke because of the name of the town, and now. Mom, dad, brother, and sister are living in adjoining rooms in a rundown motel. And over the course of the six seasons of the show, they come to realize that money doesn't buy happiness. And basically the brilliance of the show is just kind of seeing how these characters evolve over the six seasons. And I cried at the last episode like I thought I would. Um, But also there was a one hour documentary that we actually watched after the series finale who like hopefully you'll be able to find this as well. But the documentary talked a lot about how the show deals with the way they portray the LGBTQ community and they do it in such a positive light. So this comes from an article written by Kelly Connolly for TV Guide. And I have to read this to you. I I think I cried harder during the, the documentary than I did during the last couple of episodes. Aww. But it, it just like reinforces why I love this show so much and why I think everyone should watch it. All right, so Dan Levy, whose character is David, who is pansexual, has referred to the decision not to give a voice to homophobia as, quote, the only political stand he's taken as a showrunner, end quote. Speaking at a cast roundtable, Levy said, quote, we learn by what we watch. And even if you're presenting someone who puts out that energy, there is someone who will watch that inside with it. 
As long as homophobia persists, there will still be TV shows dismantling it. But too many shows don't know any other way to find drama and LGBTQ stories. In relegating bigotry to the shadows, Schitt's Creek leaves room to focus on the interior lives of all of its characters, regardless of their sexuality, which does more to humanize those characters and make their experiences real. Here's another quote from Dan Levy. If you take the hate out, If you take the rules that are dictating who you can love, how you can love them, what kind of people are good people, what kind of people are bad people, you're only left with joy, which can only have an enlightening effect on whoever's watching it, end quote. Um, And then one more thing. So in the one hour documentary that we watched after the series finale, which Mindy, if you can watch it, watch it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Noted literally ugly cried through the whole thing so this uh comes from pink news in the documentary noah reed who plays patrick david's boyfriend told his co-stars about 1800 mothers with lgbtq kids who wrote to everyone involved with making Shit's creek to thank them for representing queer characters so well dear mr dan levy and cast crew and writers of Shit's creek We belong to a large private Facebook group called Serendipity Doodah for Moms, home of the mama bears. We have more than 5,000 moms in the group, and many of us are working to make the world a kinder, safer, more loving place for all LGBTQ people to live. Your commitment to represent love and tolerance in your show is so important to families like ours. Your willingness to explore, inform, and educate about LGBT plus people and their relationships in an entertaining but respectful and positive manner sets a tone that is often missing. The group of mothers said that the show had encouraged them and gave them hope about the future of their kids. We sincerely believe that shows like Schitt's Creek will serve as a catalyst to help change the world into a kinder, safer, more loving place for all LGBTQ people to live. And because of that, we will remain forever grateful. And the entire cast was crying when Noah was reading this letter from from this group of moms. It was just so inspiring. And it was, you know, what's going on right now? I just, I really needed to see something like that. Something so beautiful and positive and uplifting so and that's like the ultimate compliment because like when you create something as an artist you hope that if it gets play and it gets attention that's great but you would hope it would resonate in a way with somebody Mm -hmm. and I just have to say Eugene Levy and and Catherine O'Hara I personally think they're both utter geniuses and it sounds like uh, the apple certainly didn't fall too far from the the levy tree <laughs> because mm-hmm. that whole cast is just a sick bundle of talent and the fact that they like took this little thing that was like this cult show for a while and like blew it up and like are getting this response that's brilliant i love it i love it i love them oh my god that's awesome totally agree i think everyone uh if you just want to forget i know this is not like horror related at all but if you just want to laugh and and feel good and experience something heartwarming just watch the show because it's it's so good and I will say the first two seasons while 
funny and great. They kind of seem like, okay, is this going anywhere? Or are we just going to be watching these like rich people living in this rural town? But then at the end of season two, the very last episode, which I think is my favorite episode of the entire series, you really see them start to realize that it's all about like friends and family and moments and not money and things and stuff. And that's where the show really takes a turn. And then like the, the next four seasons, you just keep seeing them grow and grow and grow. And that's where like the show just really like blossoms for me. And then I was just so hooked after that. I fucking love it. And so sad it's over, but it ended on a great note. So, you know, it's better to, to go out on a good note than be, Overstay your welcome, I guess. <clears throat> Modern family. <clears throat> and that, <laughs> and like that letter was really touching, but it does make a good point because Modern Family, the gay people, they're kind of the joke a lot of the time. Like not because they're funny people, but like the characters, but because like, you know, the one guy is really big and like the other guy is like talks with a high-pitched voice and like there's stereotypes I guess is what I'm trying to say like gay stereotypes and Mm -hmm. it's just like okay can we stop doing this now because it's 2012 oh it's 2020 actually so let's not do this and so it's just refreshing to like when you come across a show that like actually has characters that like have depth and and good writing and yeah strike a chord obviously with somebody oh that's I'm so proud of them and I haven't even watched the whole show but I was sort of avoiding social media because like they were all posting stuff like on Instagram or whatever and it was like them hugging each other and crying and I was just like you guys you need to binge the fuck out of this and just get it over with so we can talk about it because it's so good all right so We haven't seen each other in a very, very long time. And I've wanted to tell you this in person because I kind of want to see your reaction in person, but I don't know when that is going to happen again. So I guess I'm just going to have to tell you this over. uh, I'm not pregnant. Calm the fuck down. (laughs) And I hadn't even thought of that. But now that's another conspiracy theory (laughs) I have going. All right, continue. But the way I was talking, that kind of like sounded like I was going in that direction. Definitely not going in that direction. Okay, okay cool. But anyone who listens to this show or, or anyone who knows you personally knows how you feel about what I'm going to talk about. And I actually finished this show, God, like was it like a month and a half ago? Oh, God. Two months ago? I don't even fucking know. There's no, I have no concept of fucking time anymore. I don't either. But I binged the entire series of BoJack Horseman <laughs> and was going to tell you in person because I wanted to see your facial reaction. You did text me something like a week ago and then said, suck a dick, dumb shit. And I thought to myself, did she still fucking... That was way more than a week ago. But also you've said that on our show. Yeah, I have. You said that. That's the greatest. So... Yeah. So... It was it was really good. I'm really glad I watched it. Um, and you're right. It does express the human condition in so many different ways. But also, even though it's a cartoon and it's a, a show about a cartoon movie star, a lot of the the situations that he's in is not very relatable to everyday people. But it is to Hollywood and how ridiculous that world is. 
Yes, but not many people can relate to the ridiculousness of Hollywood and that world. Right. Although before he became a Hollywood man horse celebrity, he had, um, you know, the experiences he had with his parents and everything that can be very relatable. So there's parts that are very relatable to a lot of people. There are parts that are, I thought were like not relatable to very many people. It was, it was funny. It was sad. It was, it was, was, it's a great show. I would recommend anyone watch it. It is very depressing, um, (laughs) but it's also very funny and enjoyable. So I'm really glad you saw it. And I do, I'm really glad. First of all, I, I would expect nothing less. Twin Peaks is number one. I get it. I would never, ever expect you to say that anything topped that. So that's understandable. And you, you make a very good point. I watched it as it was airing. Um, the thing is, for me, yes, it's Hollywood. And, like, I don't have a house that has an in-ground pool. It's all, you know, whatever. But Or a tar Or a house. <laughs> Or, yeah, or, or, or house at all, or a Todd. I wish I had a Todd, but I do think <laughs> that it takes that world and burnt and like breaks it down to the granular human emotions that make us all human, and deals with that in a way that is abstract. Because yes, it's a world where humans and human esque animal slash people interact together. Like it's absolutely absurd, completely. But somehow they managed to use that to tell stories about addiction and about depression. Like that episode, I don't remember which season is, but the one where I think it's literally titled like you piece of shit where he's in bed. He's like, you piece of shit, you fucking piece of shit. And it deals with his depression. Like Mm -hmm. it, it, it pulls no punches, but I don't, you, I don't, you're right. You it's animation. Could they do that with a live show? I don't know that they could, like, with real people. I don't know if they no, could. No, I don't think so. So I feel, for me, I felt like the abstractness of the setting helped them communicate the reality of what we all deal with, if that makes sense. And Will Arnett is a god. I honestly think his performance on that show was just utterly fantastic. And I did, I think, build a... a closer relationship to the characters because it's I watched it when it started and felt for the characters immediately and got involved and then had to wait and process so many months Mm -hmm. but I'm so glad you saw it and you at least recognize you could see why I mean there is so much to it that is very valuable and good and not original honestly like who else is doing that right now nobody so so enough about what we've been watching um mindy i believe you had some possible conspiracy theories about the uh covid virus that you wanted to discuss there are conspiracy theories about why the coronavirus is happening everything from ridiculous to maybe you've had watched too much x-files to that might be possible so i've been kind of looking at that because like real life coverage is stressing me out too much to handle so i'm going the other route And I will be honest, I'm going to get a little political for a second. When Trump got elected, I really worried that our country would actually be kind of, you know, vulnerable in a lot of ways. I will safely say that pandemic, dystopian, maybe zombie apocalypse did not cross my mind. (laughs) I didn't see that coming. Um, I also did not see human beings letting the worst of themselves 
get the better of themselves and mad maxing each other over fucking toilet paper and eggs. <laughs> Why? Like BuzzFeed had this like when people went nuts initially pictures of carts in like Walmarts and shit. And this one lady had a cart that was entirely filled with cartons of dozens of eggs. You won't even eggs go bad. That's perishable. Why would you even stockpile that? That was my point. I was like, you won't even live long enough if you don't get the flu to eat those in time. Like, just throw your money down the toilet. Um, and your cholesterol levels. Jeez. I know. I know. So like and hoarding people that just don't be again, don't be dicks. If we work together, we can make this happen. But the hoarding thing. Yeah. So I came up with sort of my own conspiracy theory issues that I've been discussing with my mother, who is a big fan of conspiracy theories and horror movies. And although she's grown to be a bit chicken, sorry, mom, in her elder years and some sci-fi. So we mixed all that together. But this is what we're thinking right now. We have the Prometheus theory, my mom and I, where we're thinking that Maybe the disease is something that was brought on by some sort of creator of the humans. Like, like 2001 has like the, mo- the monolith, right? Like something like that, some higher power that's not a god. And they're like, you know what? Humans, you guys are fucking up. We are done with you. Got coronavirus into our world. So that's our first theory. The other is a government experiment gone wrong. Uh, population control. I've heard that theory. Which is scary because part of me is like, I could kind of see that, but I also, I don't know how credible. Well, actually, I don't think any of these are credible because it's me and my mom talking on the phone. But in terms of putting my money behind it, but I was a betting woman, I guess that might be the one that I say. Yeah, but the states, the states that aren't taking this seriously are the states that vote for Trump. So Trump's doing himself a disservice <laughs> if this was part of his master plan. He's losing a lot of voters. (laughs) I was going to add that and I didn't know. But like that was something that crossed my mind where I'm not going to go down that road. But I was thinking that way, too, actually, like Mm -hmm. and no, I don't want anybody to die or get sick, like whatever. But there's also and this is what I would hope for. And I would love we clearly can't have nice things in this country. I doubt it would ever happen. But the day the earth stood still theory. But basically, An alien comes to Earth in the form of a human and gets to know human beings and then calls together a conference of the smartest minds. And actually, there's a scene where he's talking to a scientist in America and the scientist said, well, let me put you in touch with the president. And the guy says, no, I want the smartest minds from around the world. But he's like, basically, there is in the world... Other other civilizations, other creatures. We've been watching your asses, and you guys are fucking up. And you have nuclear you have nuclear weapons now. And if you start nuking each other, that's gonna actually fuck up the universe. So get it together, or we will destroy your planet. Like literally, that is the message. And I said to my mom, I was like, well, honestly, I kind of think right now something like that would be like the only thing is. How are people not still being careful? How we've gotten this far with this COVID? I blows my mind yes the fact that we're not prepared even remotely in this country that has so much money i I won't i'm gonna stop but dave earth is still robert wise watch it it's political but it's awesome it's sci-fi you'll love it and the whole point of this is i was having this conversation with my mother last night half jokingly half serious and she goes 
oh, wait, shit, I forgot to tell you, I think I saw a UFO. What? Yuppers. And I believe her, and I think she might have seen something. And it could be one of two things related to what I was just talking about. But yeah, last night. Well, what the fuck did she see? The way she described it to me, which I thought was awesome because she hates Star Trek, but she was like, it's like the cloaking device in Star Trek where you like see that shimmer kind of where she saw she did one of those is that is there something there or like do I have something in my eye what is happening it was afar and then it came into it like came into view a little bit more and then she was like oh she initially thought it was like three birds migrating because they were coming in 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 her direction but like she still thought it was in the distance. And then they have in their backyard, they have this really big, I don't know, what is it? Like an evergreen tree or something like this huge tree. And then suddenly these three things were suddenly very much closer. Were very much three triangles, three separate things flying in. And I'm not making this up. She saw this flying in a triangle formation, like one in front, the two in back. There was no sound. And then they proceeded to fly over their condo building, whatever, towards the West. And the best part is that my dad is a huge sci-fi nerd. He had just gone in the house to grab something, comes out on the back porch, and my mom goes, I'm not kidding. I think I might have just seen a UFO. And my dad was like, son of a bitch. Like, he kind of lost his shit. <laughs> But she was like, I thought that maybe at first I had like a thing in my eye. And that's why it seemed weird that like they were coming in and out of focus. And then I thought like they were birds flying in formation, which would make sense because of the pattern. But then she was saying no, because then suddenly they were like sort of above where our tree was. And I'm like, no, that's actually higher than I thought they were. They're not. She initially thought they were lower. That's why she thought they were birds. But she's like, no bird could fly up that high. But the fact that they were silent the whole time. What color were they? Just black. And then they... F- mm, so and they're triangles? Yes. With no noise whatsoever. And they they just... Look up. I, th- I think I know what she saw. Well, <laughs> I have a few theories, though, because what's funny... Is it the stealth? Well... The stealth... Because uh, I've seen those, too. Well, there is that. There is that. This is just one of those circumstantial things, but it, there are no coincidences, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But so I was just laughing at the fact, too, that, like, my dad would literally kill somebody, I think, to see a UFO. He's not exactly Fox Mulder, but he's close. And so the fact that he stepped out and then came back and was like, son of a bit, like that made me laugh, sadly. That is funny. That is funny. Realistically, it was probably some sort of test. But I would love to think that there are other beings in the universe that do check in every once in a while, like in the day the Earth stood still. So that's my story. So I'm going to say that your mom probably saw a B-2 stealth bomber (laughs) or three of them uh, and not a UFO or some other type of military craft. I I don't think she saw a UFO. And was this during the day or was this at night? Like six or seven at night ish. So it's still kind of light, but not really. So it's still kind of light. Yeah. I think that's what she saw. I don't think she saw a UFO. Sorry to burst your bubble, Bev. (laughs) and what type of drugs did your mom take before she saw this my parents grew up in the 60s and 70s and they've never even smoked weed so uh maybe lame a little bit too much for dinner i i on they don't honestly do drugs but 
my mom saw something is my point and I don't think it was birds I don't think it was birds either I think it was probably a B2 stealth bomber I don't think it was aliens but I prefer to think it was an alien like a, a cognizant recognizance mission coming to check up on us that's how I prefer to think of it yeah I think uh, I need to have a drink of wine like you have had or five and uh, everybody <laughs> but just because what is it for Passover you have five you're supposed to have five glasses with Passover dinner if, with I Seder. don't know four or five I have no idea but um, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you is all I'm saying I don't know but anyways, thank you all for listening. <laughs> and if any of you have moms that were in love with serial killers, please write us your stories. <laughs> oh, um, or yes. ghost stories. If anybody, I mean, serial killers are cool, but like, you know, if anybody has any, we like ghost stories too, or just weird, creepy shit that happens. Send them all in. We want to hear it all. Send them in. Yeah. And you can go to Horse Talk Horror on Instagram and follow us. You can also find links to our other streaming locations on Instagram and our Patreon. And you can check us out on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at horsetalkhorror at gmail.com. If you have any story you want to tell us or if you just want to say hello. Yes. And we are, um, we are all over the goddamn internet. You can find us everywhere. Yeah, give us more things uh, to watch, movies, TV shows, recommend, whatever you're watching. Um, if it's good, if it sucks, please don't tell us to watch it. Or if it sucks but you think I'd like it, please write in. <laughs> because Mindy likes horrible, laughable shows. And, like and good paranormal stuff. Cops. But, yeah, but paranormal, oh. I just had never seen anything like it. It just kind of blew my mind. I was like, this isn't really happening. It was awesome. And as always, thanks, thanks for, for getting, getting creepy, creepy with, with us. us. Sharon, do you want a beer? Uh, oh, my God.